1: Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Winbet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet, download the WinBet app now, or visit wynnbet.com to start winning.
2: Everybody and welcome to another edition of Dice Recast on RotoViz Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. Divisional weekend, one of the craziest NFL divisional weekends ever, is in the books. We're recording on this on Tuesday. It's been in the books for about two days now. Two days in the books, NFL divisional weekend you missed us last week. Um, Last week, Dan had some technical difficulties, and I didn't feel like doing a show by myself or asking anybody to hop on last minute. So, no show last week, but we're going to make up for it this week. Dan, are you here? Dan? Dan? Nope, no Dan. Okay, his microphone still doesn't work. Shout out to uh, the microphone fixing place that took Dan's microphone. Um, They took Dan's microphone to fix it, he came back a week later, and he, they were like, "Oh, our microphone fixing guy is uh, on vacation," so they just uh, they took his microphone, and then and then they just didn't fix it because their guy was on vacation. So there's your microphone story. Um, someone fix Dan's microphone, please. Um, in the meantime. I made a call to the bullpen. Um, tapped the left arm. Uh, got the lefty out of the bullpen. I don't know if he's actually a lefty, but um, we got our, our lovely editor, also occasional guest time, uh, occasional guest time guest host, guest time guest host, Justin Peak. I feel like we haven't had you on in a little bit, but you and your eighteen kids, along with Dan, you know, it's it's hard to schedule you uh, get get a time down schedule for it.
3: Yeah, my wife never likes me getting on too too often, uh, but luckily you were able to. Come late enough with me uh, to being over on Central Time again instead of Eastern that uh, <laughs> we are able, able to schedule it late enough. I got all the kids and wife to bed and everything. So, free to, free to go tonight.
2: <laughs> there we go. We're ready to roll. We're going to talk about some of the players that were the storylines of divisional weekend as we head into championship weekend maybe 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 we'll do some predictions for those that don't care about our terrible predictions um some predictions for championship weekend so we'll start off with the big nfl storyline the big dynasty storyline the big everything storyline of divisional weekend was the final game bills chiefs and the two storylines of that game were the quarterback play the quarterbacks josh allen and patrick mahomes now we kind of knew that these were probably the two best quarterbacks entering this game this was Honestly, I'm a Bucs fan. We'll talk about the Bucs in a little bit. But I think that for all intents and purposes, Bill's Chiefs, for most people, was considered the Super Bowl. That whoever was coming out of that game is you know, the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Whoever's coming out of that game is going to win the Super Bowl. I guess your thoughts on that, uh, Justin? You think that, that was a, a safe presumption entering that game that Bill's Chiefs would be your
3: future Super Bowl winner? Yeah, I mean, obviously any any Sunday anything can happen or Saturday or whatever uh and especially in the playoffs, but these those two were clearly the two best uh in the NFL, definitely in the AFC, and they definitely put up a a, a great game to show for it too. It uh, wasn't wasn't a dud at all. So it feels not yep. fair that they had to play that early, but you know, somebody had to win.
2: Absolutely. And and hopefully that's an AFC championship matchup next year. Like it was, I'm pretty sure it was AFC championship last year. Um, So let's talk Dynasty. Let's talk Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has been the the QB1, de facto QB1, you know, for the last three or so years now. Josh Allen has been, you know, working his way up the ranks and has kind of been a top four-ish quarterback for the last, you know, year and a half to two years now. I think it's now time to discuss, you know, Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, and more so does Kyler Murray, does, you know, Joe Burrow, I mean, we'll talk about a little bit, like, does anybody really have a shot at QB2 ahead of those two? Like, for me, I think that, you know, draft Twitter and all these things, you know, made us worry about a potential floor of Josh Allen. I think we've seen that Josh Allen has a higher weekly floor than, than Patrick Mahomes due to the rushing. Patrick Mahomes obviously ran a, a fair bit um, in the in the AFC Divisional round. But in terms of a week-to-week dynasty perspective, you're really seeing more rushing out of Josh Allen, particularly in the red zone. So can, can you see an argument for, for QB1, Josh Allen? And does anybody else have a shot at sniffing QB2 ahead of one of these two?
3: I definitely think it's at least they're in a tier together. Uh, it's, you know, you can maybe still say Pat's the one uh, and Josh Allen hasn't quite got there, but they're, at least there's not a tier between them anymore. Uh, they're they're up there uh, in comparable range. And, yeah, I mean, Kyler, especially at the end of the season, I, I don't think you can necessarily say that he's up there with Josh Allen. Maybe you still give Herbert. Can compete with that too, um, but I think Allen's probably most everybody's QB two at this point, uh, if, if at least not close. And yeah, I mean, I I don't fault anybody for putting him at one. If anybody does,
2: yeah, I mean, I I just think that the lo- the long term floor for Mahomes is, is a little bit higher and, and long term ceiling too as well. But I mean, they're both you know guys that you know as long as everyone stays healthy who are going to be, you know, top, top five quarterbacks for the next 10 years. Um, and as far as Kyler Murray uh, in comparison with Josh Allen, he would be like the one who you're making the, the argument and the conversation for QB2 with. But I think we just saw enough bad Kyler Murray this year. And granted, like bad Kyler Murray is still a top 10 quarterback, but yeah. bad, but bad Kyler Murray, is not in contention with Patrick Mahomes, just good Justin Justin Herbert, or you know anything Josh Allen. So yeah, I, I think that in terms of like a super flex dynasty startup, if I'm targeting quarterback, I'm going to try and get a top two pick, assuming that Mahomes and Josh Allen are the first two off the board. And if not, I'm I'm happy to go towards the end of that round where you're you're probably look, looking more at a Joe Burrow or a Lamar Jackson. All right, let's move on to our next topic, which is the San Francisco 49ers super weapon, Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel obviously had a huge year in 2021, you know, had a, a bit of a breakout performance. He had a really good rookie year, had an injury riddled sophomore season, and then in 2022, 2021, was just dominant, and no NFL teams could stop it. Um, you know, the Dan, Dan and I talked about throughout the entire 2021, 2020. 20, one offseason that the biggest mistake in all of Dynasty valuation was that Ayuk was valued above Debo Samuel and that he was valued like two rounds or three rounds above Debo Samuel and obviously that that came out to be true. Um, Currently Debo Samuel is being drafted at wide receiver 10 in ADP so do you think that's too high too low? Uh, Looking at names that are above him Metcalf, Waddle, Adams, Cup. Like, I can understand why those guys are where they are. And CD and Lamb is kind of a hot name in the dynasty sphere. But honestly, after Jefferson Chase, I don't really see a guy who I'm like, that guy's definitely should be above Debo Samuel.
3: Yeah, it's all those names. I mean, yeah, it's probably basically like the my, my opinion, at least on Patton, uh, Josh Allen, that. I can't blame you for putting any any of them up there, but I'm not I'm not going to blame you at all either for putting Debo um, ahead of any of those and dropping them. Um, I think maybe maybe Diggs was in that range. That's uh, you know just with ages falling a little bit out of that tier, but uh, Debo's especially with I mean he has it's not the same as like a quarterback having the rushing upside. But just with that, always trying to find a way to get in the ball, and him doing so well with it, uh, not having to necessarily get a target, but just put the ball in his in his chest. You're guaranteed to be able to get some action out of him, so it raises the floor. I, I definitely think he's he's up there in that eight to ten range.
2: What does what does the tree Lance situation do for Debo Samuel and your valuation? I, I as as he goes deeper into the playoffs. Like I feel like it, it's kind of hard to jettison your quarterback who just took you to an NFC Championship, maybe took you to a Super Bowl. Um, whether that's good or bad, process. So I, the more this keeps going, I'm like I at the beginning of the season I was adamant that Trey Lance would be starting in Week 18 no matter what, and now I'm pretty confident that Week one starting quarterback for San Francisco is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. But assuming that the Jimmy the Trey Lance era starts at. At the very latest, Week one, 2023, How does that impact your valuation? Is is that just you know far enough down the line where like you'll deal with it when you deal with it, or do you or do you think that he's QB proof in a way because of that rushing ability and just his playmaking ability?
3: No, I mean that's what I uh, I I probably would rather see him with Trey Lance and just being able to have a better offense uh, theoretically with him if he is. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the. That's the that's
2: the thing is that like now he's in like a good offense, not a great offense, not a bad offense, but a good offense. Whereas with Trey Lance, it could be a great offense, but it could also, you know, go in the dumpster if Trey Lance is not the quarterback that
3: many are hoping he is. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I, I, I think you're right on that Jimmy because like with the wins, because people still think that QB wins are our stat. Uh, yeah. You're probably right. He is going to earn himself keeping that job. Uh, but you know, like I said, Debo's just been good enough, and, and he doesn't need need anybody to pass on the ball. He can just take it, take it uh, and run with it instead. That I don't think it matters as much for him who ends up being the QB. And And I, I also don't think Lance could be worse than what Garoppolo is. But.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think that it has too much of an impact on Debo's hand. But that is coming from somebody who I rarely, rarely do I – adjust my rankings hugely from the weapons based on the quarterback like yes I I, I like Judy and Sutton and and Fance and all those guys and they will bump up in my rankings if if they get an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson but I'm gonna imagine my, my those guys won't bump up quite as much in the rankings as some others might when you know there's a large quarterback change just because we see so often that Yes, you know, obviously the quarterback's a hu- huge in, you know, importance. You know, it, it, he's helped, you know, Tom Brady has helped Godwin and Mike Evans be more consistent week to week. But I do think that people tend to overvalue, you know, changes in in
3: in, in player uh, and personnel. Specifically with Brady, too, in that offense. Yeah. I mean, he can just put yeah. the ball in so many good places. Uh, and he doesn't take away anything like – his offense is still running through that arm instead of having any legs, like at least with Trey Lance, like that's the, the risk that, okay, he's mm-hmm. a better offense, but he can run. And, and so that takes some targets away. So, I mean, but I, I think his arm should be good enough to, just makes that offense better. So like I said, in terms of Debo, I think it's, it, it doesn't hurt him and maybe it yep. helps him. All right. Let's move on to green Bay where
2: the, certainty is uncertain with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still under contract, but you know, has muddied the waters with saying he he will not, he will not not be participating in any rebuild with the Green Bay Packers or any rebuild period. And they have like negative cap space and they have not and you know, they have Devontae Adams on an expiring contract. So, I, you know, we've done this every year since the Jordan Love draft pick, so I guess that's, you know, two years now. What's happening this offseason with Aaron Rodgers? I think that, you know, it's I think it's much, and this is easy to say, you know, in, in retrospect, but I do think that it's much more likely this offseason Rodgers leaves than it was last offseason. I think we were kind of fooling ourselves there. But is it a lock that Aaron Rodgers doesn't start week one for Green Bay Packers? I
3: don't think it's a lock. Uh, and maybe that's just, you know, getting, like I said, almost burned by that, like thinking that it was a, a realistic possibility last year. And so now it just seems too much like a realistic possibility that I want to try to think the other way. But I, I don't think it's a lock. I think he could still play there. But, yeah, it it still is. I would say at least 80 percent likely that he's he's somewhere else. Just who, who knows where that could be.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, we talk, we always talk about, obviously, with the older quarterbacks, like somewhere in there, like if you're going to say, like, it's 80% that it's for another team, it's like 18% that it's, um, it might even be higher. Let, let's say it's 80% another team, it's like 15% for Packers. And there's 5% at least of like, he's just done. He's like, all right, see you later. Cause, like, you know, the Packers might hold a grudge, like, yeah, we're just going to keep your contract. And he's going to be like, okay, well, I'm not rebuilding with you. Um, so we'll see how they approach the offseason and if they're able. And, you know, there's obviously the Twitter people who are like, the cap is fake. The cap isn't real. We'll see how fake the cap is with like $50 million over the cap and still haven't signed Devontae Adams. So Devontae Adams, with his dynasty value, I think that he's shown obviously over the years that he he can survive in a post-Aaron Rodgers world. But also, even more than that, I have a hard time believing my, believing that Devontae Adams is going to sign somewhere. Where he's not going to have, at the very least, like a top ten ish quarterback. Like there might be a limited amount of like quarter, like great quarterbacks who also have that cap space, but I would be surprised to see Adams go
3: somewhere where he isn't going to have some semblance of quarterbacking. Yeah, he's just too used to having <laughs> having a good quarterback that need to have some type of consistency there. Um, I, I, I mean, I would hope at least. I'm never good at predicting where anybody's going to go, so I quit trying. But <laughs> I, I would definitely hope that he goes somewhere that still has. I mean, you're probably not going to get an Aaron Rodgers quality like quarterback still, but at least in that that way. Yeah,
2: and and unless Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay and they, you know, use the fake cap to somehow re-sign Devontae Adams, right? They can go somewhere together. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. There, there, there's been talk about Be that, fun. but I
3: just,
2: I just feel like there's very like limited places where that exists. Um, but yeah. So I, I don't think that Devonte Adams dynasty value changes much this off season. I think he's kind of approaching, you know, that, that, uh, you know, kind of dynasty age curve where it's like, okay, we're no longer valuing him as this, you know, top five, top six asset. Um, and what, you got to kind of look like, okay, when is he going to become a buy? I still think he's a little bit too expensive to be, a, you know, a veteran type buy, like, oh, a win now type move. Like Adams is still a top two round startup pick. And that's not and that guy can never really be a win now type move. That's just a, you're spending a large amount of capital on, on that type of player. Um, but all that being said, you know, when you look at, his scoring versus you know similar similar players being drafted around him like a cd lamb or um you know other other young wide receivers adams is probably not scoring those guys uh, but he's also going to have fire secures on them as well um let's go next to joe burrow joe burrow has now won a pair of playoff games for a, a team has not, that had not won a playoff game in over 30 years Joe Burrow is currently the QB6 behind Dak Herbert, Allen Murray, and Mahomes. So, where are we at on Joe Burrow? The excitement of Jamar Chase, the excitement of T. Higgins leads me to believe that this is, is here to stay. And, it, and we talked about it a few weeks ago that you kind of had to be a year early on the Bengals. Like there was no buying Joe Burrow, T Higgins, Jamar Chase in January, 2022. Yes. You can, you can buy them, but you're going to be paying a premium price and you were even paying a premium price in August, but I think it's definitely more expensive today than it was in August. What say you on that?
3: I I definitely think in in August, at least Burrow, there were still enough questions with, uh, you know, coming off the injury and everything, but he's, he's definitely shown at this point that, He's got it all back, and he's he's what we we thought he was when he was originally drafted. You know, his value went down some with that injury, but it's it's right back. Uh, I mean, surely he was in that like late first uh, startup range uh, back when he was a rookie, and he's back there now. If anything, it just uh, I hope Trevor can can go do that that same path, and he lost <laughs> a lot of value and gain it all back. But no, I mean. I, I think he's in the right spot that uh, he shouldn't be above any of those other guys, um, but he, he definitely deserves to be at QB sinks.
2: Yeah. I mean, my, my one push would be like, I, th- I think Herbert's a little bit safer in terms of like, he still has some of that rushing ability and, you know, he, he seems to have a little bit, little, little, little le- less turnovers. Um, and then with Burrow, I, I can make the argument for Dak because Dak is still a very good quarterback, but Dak is not the quarterback he was before that injury because he, he's not, we're not seeing that rushing anymore. And I'm not saying that you were counting on Dak's rushing before, but it was part of his fantasy value. And it's just not really there anymore yet. You saw a rushing touchdown in their, in their playoff loss, but you're not going to see that rushing ability. Like you see with, with Burrow or obviously more so with Lamar, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance guys being drafted below him. Um, so yeah, I, I I might take Burrow above into QB five after Mahomes, Murray, Allen, Herbert, um, and we'll see how next year plays out. Like I think that out of this top, this top five, top six, Kyler Murray does have the most volatile range of outcomes to where like you know he might go back into that Allen Mahomes tier, or he might be below Burrow and Lamar
3: Jackson this time next year. Yeah, it's it's gonna be fun seeing him trying to recover from uh, from some of the. Those floor plays that he had this year—he—he uh, mm-hmm. he was bad at times. Uh, yeah, and that, part,
2: part of that was you know the lack of the DeAndre Hopkins and just thought offense being a mess at sometimes. Um, but one thing that's not a mess is your RotoViz. So we're gonna give you our ad right about now.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all.
1: you need indeed. Hello there, Colin Kelly here, co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast. I just want to take a moment to let you know, as a loyal Road of His Podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Road of His NFL pass. All you have to do is head on over to rotaviz.com, add the subscription to your basket, and add the promo code RVRADIO2022 at checkout. That'll get you 10% off it'll get your access to all of our content and tools, and of course set you up for success in all your 2022 fantasy football rosters. That code is RVRADIO2022. I hope you enjoy the podcast.
2: That's right. Get your RotoViz on RV Radio 2022. It's the best gift for the new year, best gift for January. Valentine's Day is coming up. Valentine's Day is the time to get yourself and your significant other a RotoViz prescription with RV Radio 2022. Tell your spouse to thank me. All right. Next, we have an announcement um dice recast has a pair of listener leagues uh one of which is the roto viz tradecast listener league tight end tight end game it is a 2qb two 2rb two, 2 wide receiver zero tight end with with some flex options in there. league it is three uh there's three open teams which means it'll be a three team dispersal for people who are entering the league um lots of fun assets it's a cheap league 25 bucks uh dan senio you may have heard of him is the commissioner um, lots of awesome TradeCast uh, listeners in the league. Um, all of the all of the team names are based off of uh, the uh, old school TradeCast listener games. We got to bring back some games this off season, Justin. Um, Justin and I I share a team in that league. We are Dynasty Shark Tank. Dan is Dynasty Jeopardy. Um, shout out to when we played that with Evan Silva, and he never wanted to talk to us again. Um, <laughs> but uh, three three openings, twenty five dollar league. Um, hit uh dan and i up if you are interested in joining its fun league fun group oh and also uh this might deter some people but it's a fun element um justin why why, why don't you hop in and talk about the mandatory monthly trade auction i might actually do a a commissioner chronicles on this um what are your thoughts on i guess talk about that for a second before we head into the latter half of the show what what are your thoughts on the mandatory monthly trade auction the pros and cons of that And, and explain what it is i guess
3: Uh, It's a fun—I mean, it's basically just just, uh, every team at some point in the year is forced to make a trade. Uh, So every month, one of the 12 teams gets assigned to put up a player for auction that they have to trade by the end of the month. It's set a deadline for it and everything. So everybody uh, else in the league is able to make an offer, and they just—you know, the manager that has them rejects all the offers that are worse and keeps the offer that's the best. So everybody just keeps on making slightly better offers when they get rejected until they feel that they just don't feel like paying enough for the player. We do. Have, uh, I, I like that we do set some type of minimum for that, that it needs to be at least... Uh, is it—is it top 180P so player? It, it's top 180P player or top
2: 24 QB or top 50 tight end because it's tight end game.
3: Right. So I, I like that we have that at least so that it, it can't just be... You know, an absolute trash player. It's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm th- gonna, I'm gonna throw up. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I'm gonna throw up Zach Ertz for auction this month. <laughs> yeah. But it definitely, I mean, the the one like, the con of it is, uh, I, I think we so it's been probably three years. Yeah, this, has it been three years? Is that like mm-hmm. or this is the third? No, like we've yeah. done three
2: seasons. Okay. It's it it's started wild. in it started in July August. We've done three seasons. <laughs>
3: um it doesn't feel like that long it doesn't feel like that long that i've even been you know editing anything so i, um, I could be to- i could be totally wrong but i'm pretty sure yeah, that's I'm, correct I'm, I'm sure you're right. <laughs> time flies when you're having fun you know it feels <laughs> like just yesterday that i started with you guys but it also yep. feels like forever but um anyway I, but we either way the point is we've seen uh, enough of those trades that's generally the player that gets put up for auction at best, you're getting back the value that really is worth. You're never gaining, very rarely gaining anything off that auction. And uh, if
2: you so. and if you are gaining value on the auction, it's because like 18 other players are thrown into
3: the offer. Yeah, so it's it is one of those where you still try to go like one of the lower. You never you never trading or putting up Josh Allen for a trade auction or anything. You're gonna go for somebody that's closer to that top 100 value uh, instead of. That top ten value, uh, just so that if you do end up having to lose some value on the trade, it's not too much. Uh, but it is still, uh, like I said, it's a fun element because everybody's forced to make a trade to just, uh, you know, get some activity thrown out there. And I don't know for sure, you know, uh, since we co-manage the team, I haven't paid quite as much attention to all the trades that have happened like with other people to know for sure. But I would imagine at least that occasionally, some of those talks. From those uh, from the auctions and everything, the players that end up getting offered end up, you know, at least throwing in, uh, throwing some type of seed out there that turns into a, a non auction trade, uh, just a, a you know organic trade that ends up coming up. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's a fun little element. Yep.
2: All right. So yeah, just to wrap it up cheaply, twenty five bucks. Uh, hit up Dan and myself if you want a spot in the Dynasty Trade Cast Rotoviz Tight End Game Listener League. All right. Next, let's, let's rapid fire the, these last few topics. Um, Ryan Tannehill, rare, and you, you talked about hashtag QB wins earlier, but very rarely do you talk about the number one seed quarterback having a down year. But Ryan Tannehill was not the same Ryan Tannehill that we saw the last two seasons in 2019 and 2020, but he did help earn his team the one hundred one the one seed, even with Derrick Henry being out for the last half of the season. But he was missing for AJ Brown for a large portion of the season. So what are your thoughts on Tannehill moving forward? Is he is he an example of a you know a cheap veteran buy that you might be looking for on a you know a win now type team? Or is he a guy that his price is gonna be you know maybe a little bit too high for a guy who isn't a considered a locked in long-term starter?
3: Yeah, he's probably I mean, I haven't looked at, you know, any of the trade analyzer uh, you know, uh, any, any kind of current values for him lately. But I would imagine that he's still considered kind of what he was towards the beginning of the season before he, he fell off and everybody assumes that he's still going to be there. I think there's enough of a ri- – just from us not really seeing as much from Tannehill earlier in his career. Yeah, he came on these last couple of years. But to have a down year, I don't know. I mean, it just see gives me enough doubt that – I'm probably not paying what his current price would be. You know, I'm not, if I did have him, I'm probably not, uh, you know, trying to sell him. But if somebody does want to give me current price to let off of him, uh, then I would. But yeah, I, I don't know. It it worried me a bit. And I, I, I don't, I don't love that offense in general, uh, you know, especially with Eric Henry having the injury. We've, you know, everybody talked about that surely would eventually happen when you run run a guy three hundred times a, a year and everything. So if it happens again and he has any other injuries to deal with, he's going to just be in the same place where that offense just can't move the ball as much and he can't put up points. Uh, you yeah. know, so yeah, I'm I'm probably down a bit on him this year uh, than. I feel like most others, but maybe. maybe yeah. just, you
2: know, and if you're yeah. and if you're looking to trade him away, I think in, this might be easier said than done. I would much rather trade up with Tannehill than trade down. The guys going below him are Carr, Brady, Zach Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, Davis, Mills, Baker, Mayfield. And the guys directly above him are Mac Jones, Deshaun Watson, Tua, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. So if you can throw like Ryan Tannehill and like the 110 to get – you know, a Stafford or a Rodgers or a Watson, if you're willing to take that big risk. Like, I think that might be the move that you're trying to make if you're trying to get off of Rain Tannehill, What do you think? Are you looking to move up or down with Tannehill?
3: I mean, that's generally what I want to do anyway, is to, to be able to try to package some players to get a better yep. asset. Um, so, uh, you know, on, in that side of things, yes, that's what I want to do, but that's just cause I always want to do that anyway. So I've got <clears> a little bit of bias there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's probably, I, I don't love the quarterbacks that are below him. So unless he's your QB three and Superflex, or, you know, or you're not playing Superflex, with, why aren't you, um, you know, I probably would need to still move up. I don't want to be actually forced to start if he is my QB two, somebody that's below him. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, uh, it's it's definitely something that yeah you're probably gonna have to try to move up and just if I'm if I'm trading away right now I'm hoping that he still has the same value that he did a few months ago and and I'm able to move off of him just in case he does end up having another down year with the rest of the you know team around him not being able to perform the much. All
2: right, this one should be a rather quick one. Um, it's the talk of the town for us uh, Buccaneer fans. Yo-ho, yo-ho. <laughs> Uh, the pirate's life was not for us this year. Uh, Tom Brady, um, does Tom Brady retire? Uh, I think if he doesn't retire, he's projected as you know top eight to twelve ish redraft quarterback. He's you know win now classic type asset, not going to cost you much in dynasty. Tom Brady, where are you valuing him right now? Is he a trade target at all? Are you are you going to wait out the news? Um, like how how much do you consider retirement a legitimate risk? And I guess the, the add on to that how much do you think that the trade market considers his retirement a legitimate risk
3: I think it's gonna that's it's a very it's a polarizing thing so it really depends on who has what what manager has him right now in your league um but I do think it's worth at least seeing if somebody does you know have him really low like what they did last off season I think it's worth it uh even if he does retire it's worth that risk to buy him if somebody is actually really scared of that because he yeah he's if he plays again he's probably gonna be top eight top ten uh just like he always is and and i i think that you know he's got enough rings he's not playing for another one it's not like peyton that he wants to go out you know with finally getting one it's he's just gonna play till he can't and I don't know when that's ever going to be. Yeah. He he could probably play to lose 50. If, yeah. Like, I mean, because at the, his last year
2: with the Patriots, like that game against the Titans, he looked like, all right, this guy is like done being a good quarterback. And then he's just been a great quarterback right. relatively for the last two years in Tampa. Like there, there was, there was nothing this year. Like there's been like aspects and moments in the first, like five to six games of both years we're like, eh, like, you know, like Brady's good, but like, is he that good? And then basically the last 10 games of each year, he's been like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's that good. And then some.
3: Yeah. I I definitely think there's enough of a possibility that he just, he knows he's still got it right now. And so he's going to play another year. And if he does, he's worth, you know, as long as you're not, you know, giving up a, I don't know, fifth round startup value for him or something, but. Uh, you know, if you're still paying like the cheap prices that you probably would have been last off season too with that retirement risk, I think it's worth it.
2: All right, let's move on to our final topic. Um, And it's a polarizing one. Speaking of polarizing, Cam Akers. I, I, I can't explain Cam Akers. I didn't understand his value before his injury this past off season. And even more so, I don't understand his value slash his Twitter hype based on his return at the end of this season. The one thing that I guess is a very positive indicator is that he's back and the Rams are using him at a high volume. And they're like, okay, this guy is the best guy in our backfield. He's the best team. He's going to doing the best things for our team. He did fumble twice. I don't think fumbles have much of a, you know, impact on his dynasty value, but, you know, I, does this all add up? Like, does the Twitter hype match what he's putting on the field so far? Yes, he's coming off an Achilles injury, you know, seven months ago. I'm not expecting him to have the most burst in the world. But people are, like, looking at, looking at like, a four-yard reception and saying, like, oh, he should be the 104 in Dynasty. <laughs> all
3: right. Yeah, someone, like, on the keep – someone, I'm pretty sure – I don't know. I don't follow keep trade Cat that much and everything. But somebody posted one of the chart charts from that, that he's, like, the RB6 again. And uh, it's just nuts. I definitely think there's a lot of Twitter hype. It's, it's If anything, it's one of two things. It's, you had so many people, it was just heartbreaking to see like a young guy like that before he even really gets to start his career, get, you know, what generally has been considered a, a career-ending injury. Um, so it was so heartbreaking to see that happen that everybody just wants so much for him to be able to come back. And, and so it just, you know, you end up kind of feeding on that feeling of you want him and you're rooting for him that bad that you end up kind of pushing him up, up rankings and we talk about him so much so i think there's some of that but also i mean if you come back this much it's almost it was i don't know kind of fun not fun i don't know, can't call it anything with an injury fun but either way like a few years ago when so many players started coming back from an acl that that Stopped being a career-ending injury. It was just okay. You're gonna sit out a year, and then you're gonna be able to come back, and you're gonna be able to play. And that's generally, you know, it, you still lose dynasty value and everything when it happens, but it's it doesn't all go away. You're not completely dead. You just get in on IR and he'll be back at some point. It may not be exactly the same, but he'll be back. That can, you know, if if the doctors have figured out the Achilles, where we cannot have this be a career ending injury again i think there's that rooting interest too that it's not specifically for cam Akers, but just like can this this type of injury not be career ending anymore that'd be really nice so i think between that yeah there's a lot of twitter hype i don't i don't know that you actually see that in trade value though but maybe you do i like i, I haven't looked enough uh, at you know the uh, current trades that are happening in leagues and everything to yeah like, I mean have I, I haven't
2: I haven't seen any uh, obviously very small sample size like 20-ish leagues uh but I haven't seen a can makers trade since
3: like at least August right yeah some people traded him after the injury but basically everybody that held them since they're still going to be holding him so um so it's hard to say really what his value is right now. Everybody talks about him on Twitter, but if he's not getting traded because everybody's still holding on to him because they held him this long, then you know how can you really gauge what the value is if he's not getting traded? So yeah. I don't know. All right, that should wrap us up
2: for this evening. Thank you for hopping on the program, Justin. And always, as always, thank you for editing. Um, we appreciate it. Any last words before we head out?
3: Nope. Uh, best of luck this uh, non-point scoring season, and yeah, hope hope uh, all your teams stay afloat. Uh, and, <laughs> and hope hope uh, for all you commissioners out there that uh, we can get our our leagues filled back up and dispersal started and everybody paid up quickly. There you go.
2: Pay those league dues or tell
3: your commissioner when
2: they're going to pay. That's uh, to end on a on a rant. I, I don't mind you not paying league dues for a little bit, as long as you tell me, hey, like, I'll pay league dues February 12th, or I'll pay league dues March 1st. Granted, I don't want you to pay league dues March 1st, but at least if you tell me that, I'm, I don't have to go chasing, like, oh, where are those league dues? Where are those league dues? Where are those league dues? Just tell me. Like, everyone has different, you know, financial situations, all those things. Tell your commissioners if and when you'll be able to
3: pay the league dues. And if you won't be able to pay league dues, leave the league. Pretty simple, right? Right, <laughs> <Justin. laughs> yeah exactly. I mean the more time that we've got to be able to look for replacement owners the better, especially this year after you know two years of people joining too many covid leagues and maybe this is the season that some leagues start dying because uh, people decide to leave them because they're in too many. I want as much time as I can to look for replacement owners um, so communicate with the commissioners and tell them you know what's going on uh and so if you need to pay late that's fine but just make sure you're communicating and telling them like yeah i'm gonna be in you don't need to worry about filling my spot and uh or if you're gonna quit and go ahead and tell them let them know so they can start looking
2: all right that should wrap us up for this evening we will talk to you guys next week kardosh